Um, so as everyone will know, Chidebere is a, I want to say, a, I could, I think I can get away with saying he's a pioneer of creativity. Um, so he took, up, took us by storm when he released the Black Fetus. Um, and as a little bit about that is that um, in the scientific world and in the medical world, it's a little bit, um, it, it's become a norm um, to accept what we see. So when Chidebere came out with the creative um, black fetus and a black woman with a baby, we all realized that we haven't seen that before and that maybe we need to begin to um, question what we know and maybe relearn everything that we know. So I'm really, really honored to have you here, Chidebere. It's really um, a pleasure to have you here, okay? Thank you so much, pleasure to be here. All right. So I want to begin with um, just a little bit about you. Just even I know you, I've been um, I've seen a lot of um, your talks and I've um, listened to a lot of your um, talks in the tech talks and also with little um, with all the um, channels that you've been going around making sure that your the voice is heard and inclusivity is being um, discussed and diversity is being included in the medical field but before all of that can you talk about a little bit about yourself your background and um, how you got into medical illustration all right um thank you for having me um good afternoon once more all right, um, I'm Chidebere Ibe, of course, um, a native of um, a born state in Nigeria, but I was born and raised in a Kwaibom state. So I'm, I'm a bit bilingual, I would say. Um, I, I did a first degree in chemistry at the USW right. in Nigeria, where I obtained a BSc, of course, in chemistry. But before then, I was um, still applied to medical school, which had always been my passion as a person. Um, while still applying to medical school, I, I started teaching myself how to draw with pen and pencil, how to draw, wow. uh, mostly drawing African children, mostly drawing uh, uh, Black people, my imaging, right? And um, because I love medicine, because I was passionate about medicine, and um, I mean, I kept applying to medical school for a long time, a very long time, and I wasn't admitted to medical school for reasons I do not know, and um, kept come pushing and applying until I got admitted at, at um, the Kiev Medical University in Ukraine last year, which I was supposed to resume school for the crisis um, and should. But in 2020, I met my mentor, Dr. Auric Sydney, who, um, who is right. a great mentor. He saw my artworks and, um, and my passion for medicine. And he was, man, why not integrate these two areas together? Why not go into medical illustrations? Because typically I haven't heard of such area before in my entire life. I mean, those are not some images. Right. I didn't know people draw them, but I didn't know those images right. were, were actually made by people. But at the, right. at the point of my research, I realized that those images were actually drawn by artists and by people who had passion for medicine also, like I did. And um, I had to pick up the challenge, right, to, to teach myself, make illustrations. And... Um, before then, I was in medical school and I didn't know much of anatomy. I didn't know much of medicine. Right. 
So I had to teach myself anatomy. I mean, the little I know then, I had to teach myself the softwares that um, illustrators use to doing these images. So uh, in the process of learning, of teaching myself, it was then I realized that there was an underrepresentation of black people in our medical literature. And I said, it was a problem. And I decided to work towards solving this problem. So that's how I evolved from, you know, that's how I started medical illustrations. And that's, that's what has been keeping me going for a long time now. As I said, I started in July, 2020. So I would say I'm just about um, two years, right? Two years in, in medical illustrations. And um, it has been an amazing experience. I know. Um, I love that. I, so are you in medical school right now? So um, I'm currently making applications again to medical school. So hopefully I should right. be starting next year. I mean, I'm not sure where because I'm making applications to different schools and hopefully that works right. out and um, I'm starting school next year. And I think it's gonna work up, but I, there's a lot, something that you said that really caught my eye. And I think it's a little bit similar as well to my um, journey with uh, Morehouse School of Medicine. And before I joined Morehouse, it was the same thing. We were really not discussing the disparities in health, in the health field. And so when I joined Morehouse, it's like it opened up my eyes. So kudos to your mentor for, um, enlightening you and letting you know that your creativity and your talent is absolutely needed. Um, so how did you, um, how did you sort of like activate that creative side of you? How did you begin to envision it? Because the illustration that you, that caught the world by storm, it was beyond three dimension, right? It's, it's, it was something that you had to have um, access to resources like visual resources or three uh, or three D modeling to be able to bring that to life. Like, how did you use a pen and a paper and begin to sketch things out? All right. So um, that images uh, that image particular the black figure that I created um, came as a result of um, some very some very sad moment in my life actually. So I I created that yeah. image two days after I was denied a visa to travel to Ukraine. And um, I was very sad. I was bitter because I had invested so much in visa process. Of course, you know how visa processes are actually, you know, when you put so much money hoping that the visa comes out good. And so I was very, I was, I was very sad, but I realized that I had works to do. And I remember the day I started making this black fetus image, I didn't know that image was going to be viral because I, I've created a lot of images that were not viral, right? And I wasn't hoping to go viral. I mean, that wasn't the purpose. I mean, I, I didn't know people can get famous for creating images like that. So yeah. I, all I was doing was just um, speaking of what I believe in, advocating for the black community through my images. So um, I, before then, I, I, I didn't have a lot of resources to buy good gadgets to work. So I had just a computer mouse and an old computer. So I use a computer mouse to sketch that because I would say I mean, that has been my foundation, right? Because when I started illustrations, I had just a computer mouse then. So having that experience on how to create images with computer mouse was just a very good foundation that, that really supported that creativity in me, right? Because I understand that Africans, we are creative, right? We use limited resources to exude our creative yes. provinces. Having my little um, yes. research, right? I had to use that little resource I have to, to, to show for what I had. And I realized in the process of learning through the computer mouse, 
that I was learning to solve complex problems in a simpler way, right? Because other professional artists had exp had exposure to had experience. Yeah, they have a right, right. Sophisticated tools, but I never had that, right? But my right. computer mouse, right. I realized how to solve complex problems. So in that process, I said, okay, I was going to create this black fetus image. And I remember the day I was about creating that that images, I had to had a contemplation, right? I wanted to create either that image mm -hmm. or create an anatomy and another term which image was that. Okay, I, I wanted to create a full body anatomy, right? So those were the two images I wanted to create, but I said, okay, let me work on creating this one first. So I, I worked on that. It took me about one week to create. And um, I created that and being that I'm more of a detail oriented person. So when I created that image, I was like, Mm, I didn't really get this particular place correctly. I didn't shade this particular correctly. And I was, honestly, I, I didn't really admire that image after creating it, right? Because it didn't come out the way I wanted it to come out, right? right but right. I, I was like, I mean, I have to post this image. I have to, I have to still put it Just out let there. let it go, right, let, let it, it go. go. Talk about what yes. I believe in, right? So I yes. posted it, I said, I am black and black is beautiful. That more right. of this should be included in American literature. That was all I said. Right. And um, I woke up before the morning. I don't know what happened. My the rest anymore. was history. Was oh history. my God. Oh my God. Um, I loved what you said there. Um, I love the fact that you decided to zoom in on um on the on the fetus or on the Ah, let me be careful here with my words. Um, I'm glad you decided to zoom in on the black fetus because it spoke volumes. Um, we've seen beautiful black women, full body black women. We've seen the anatomy of women um, in, in throughout medical illustration, throughout medical history and scientific history. But the fact that you decided to zoom in on the black fetus really spoke to a lot of us and really like really, really decided to um, begin to ask the questions, why are we not really making this a norm, right? So it goes in line with a little bit about the maternal journey of women in the hospitals, right? And how the voices and the expressions and the pain and all of that is not really being addressed. So you really have infused a whole lot, you know, I see this going so big for you because you really infuse a whole lot and really educated medical professionals on what to look for or how to pay attention to the black patient. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Um, so you talked about um, the inspiration behind the black fetus, right? And it's very powerful. So what continues to drive your passion? So I, I see you, when I hear you speak, I see a soft but strong passion, right? You're gentle with the which approach and you've used visual arts as that gentle tool, you know, to feed into the world. So what continues to drive your passion in this moment in time? Well, I, I would say um, two basic things actually, first of all, that illustrations have actually grown from being a hobby um, right. into a passion of my passion into a purpose, right? Because right. I would say when I started illustrations, I was just doing them because I, it was more like a hobby for me, right? I was just, I love drawing. But then I realized that right. I lost time in the process of creating these artworks. I lost, I could, I could stay 
six hours creating one images and I haven't uh, like, mm. and I feel so excited. I feel so purposeful, you know, creating these images. Then I said, this was, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? This, this is my, you know, this is my calling, right? So that has been my inspiration because of course, right. because when someone finds a treasure, right? He puts out everything to protecting that treasure and to working that treasure out. So I realized that this is my treasure. This is my particular gifting I have for this world. This is my assignment here on earth, right? So um, that has been my singular inspiration behind always creating these idols because I'm living out my life to the fullest. And I realized that, right. I realized that, that there is so much um, uh, negative image, right? Towards the black people. And, um, and, and the only way to addressing yes. that is by creating visuals that are very representative. Right, for me, I talk about proper representation a lot because it's, there are two different things, talking about representation and talking about proper representation, they are actually two different things, right? So let's for example now, you wanna talk about um, medical representation, right? How black people are, are seeing themselves in medical literature. For example, the singular images you see medical textbook right. that show black people are HIV images, are Morasmus images, are, are, are images that show black people in a negative light, right? Oh. So, so because mm. I want to portray Africa in a positive light, and I'm concerned, and for me, I see that the future of young Africans is on my shoulder, right? So using my artwork, using my skills to advocating for that. So that's those two singular reasons has those reasons has been uh, uh, my inspiration to always keep pushing my work out there. So always keep talking about it. And I would say that my work are best from a place of inspiration, right? Because I, I do not just create artworks just for, for to drawings, right? It takes me about it takes me about three weeks to create just one image. I mean, just to think about the images, right? Not just to draw them, right? So the process of thinking about them can take about three weeks, thinking about putting my heart, my emotions in those images, take a whole lot of time to create. And, and, and that has been my push because I understand that this is a work that has to be done. Wow. My God. Um, there's so much to offload there. So much to offload. But just to summarize what you're saying, um, I just learned a lot um, just from listening to you. And I really do appreciate you being very open and honest here because there's something that you said. You said that you want to create the world you want to see, right? The world that we're in right now, not that um, it's wrong or it's bad, but we would like to see something different as well, right? So yeah. you creating a world that you want to see or you that you think that um, the young generation would love to see as they grow up as well, it's something that I think all of us in the medical field should hold on and hold on as an oath right because we all take off when we go into this field to practice but we also have to remember that um that oath continues to drive us right and for you you just taught me that it doesn't matter where i am in life as as long as i'm being as long as i'm serving in my capacity then that's okay as well right right okay so um in regards to that what would you like to see in the STEM field when you think when you think about the way forward? You know, the black fetus is here and is here to stay. What would you like to see in the STEM field? What kind of culture do you think we should cultivate in the STEM world? 
All right. So for me, um, I've been talking about representation, right? Which has to right. do with um, speaking of the minority in quotes, right? Let's say, um, and, and that has to do with, with various, uh, that, 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 that is actually a very, very um, uh, diverse, for example. So let's say, um, because the STEM world actually holds, has played a key role in the, in the issue of representation. So um, when we talk about visual representation, right, in our medical world, how well do, do uh, the people of color generally see themselves? You know, right. and in terms of leadership roles, how well do these people see themselves, right, on a leadership position? So that's the representation. As I highlighted, representation is not just about creating black images, right? But right. but mm -hmm. showing representation in a leadership positions, showing yeah. uh, 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 representation in, in in our communities, for example, right? So STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, mathematics, has a key role in playing through innovation. Like the Black features, I would say, is an innovation typically, right? Because innovation is actually um, um, an idea that is better, right? That has never been before, right? So right. the STEM or has a key role in playing, in creating innovations like this, right? Through modeling, through, um, through education, because I would say that uh, uh, for, for all of this to, to be a, a nominal system, there must be proper education about this, right? Because people don't talk about racism, people don't talk about um, healthcare inequ inequities in the system, right? So yeah. uh, I, I do believe that, that the STEM has a key role in playing in that, through education, through, education, through innovation and through empowerment, right? So with these particular areas, right, you can, you can see that, oh, there is um, a normalized system, we can say that, oh, that we, we, we had a balance in our system, we can see that there is um, a greater difference. Let's say, for example, there is a, a decreasing infant mortality rate or maternal mortality rate, which, of course, the STEM world play integral role in fighting that. So typically, um, um, we all have roles in playing in this, as I always talk about, right? We all have key roles in playing. But I, I strongly believe that STEM involvement has to do with education, empowerment, right? You know, and proper representation, proper, proper uh, 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 acknowledgement, right? Which is true education of the issue that is on ground. So um, for me, that, that, that would be the area that, that I think that STEM, you know, has a key role in playing. And, and in, in regards to STEM defining and sort of cultivating the landscape, um, I want to really understand, I want, I want the audience to understand that creativity plays a very big role, right? It plays a very big role in, in sort of communicating that um, idea to the audience. So tell me a little bit about, I think right now, maybe we can, we can debate and dive deep into creative, creativity and talk about how we should approach STEM in our schools, right? So. I know when I was growing up and I went to um, boarding school, Federal Government Girls College of Worry, and we were all separated in silos, right? We were all either your arts or your science. And you never really saw the integration of arts and science. And actually when you decided that you wanted to talk about or you wanted to take arts classes, the art students would look at you like, what are you doing here? So is that is that something that we should continue? Or what do you think about 
about the idea of sort of integrating both um, departments, if you're really talking about secondary schools or universities, or even worldwide high schools or colleges as well? You know, actually, the, I, I, I think I, the, the, there is no limitation to, um, to how well we can exude our creativity, right? Creativity right. that has various um, applications, I would say, for those in STEM, right. for those who are uh, not in STEM typically. So, but I do, I do believe that the bridge between these two fields, all right, is creativity. So when you say creativity, I mean, it, it's just, it's just I, I, I believe that everybody has a sense of creativity, right, based on how we apply them, right? So let's say if an engineer, for example, is, is building robots, for example, and um, mm -hmm. of course, to be an excellent one, you need to be a creative one. And I would say that there's a book I'm writing right now which has to do with the role of creativity in medicine, right? So, because right. a lot of people, for example, in medical school, did not understand the role of creativity in medicine, right? And I, I strongly believe to be an excellent doctor, to be an excellent surgeon, you must have a sense of creativity, right? To so be able to right. see things and you're able to solve them in a different process. And I would say that has been, for, for every great person, for every great person in, 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 in science or in technology, or I mean, in, in various areas, right? For every person who had excelled in a particular area, well, because they added a touch of creativity in what they were doing, yes, right? So yes. that is a factor of yeah. innovation. That is a factor of innovation. Yeah. And the singular goal of everything is that we have an we have an, an innovative world, right? Because innovation solves problems, right? And of course, this problem can be the problems we see, the problems that we feel, or the problems that you know that, that, that affect people around us, right? But it's true creativity. Then we bring it out. That we can bring it out, and of course, we can solve that problem. And that's why I think um, that's why I think creativity is a bridge, you know, to solving all the problems we see. For example, let's say systemic racism. For example, you know, people are doing amazing work out there. People are using TikTok, right? That that's a creative process, right? To tackle issues like that, people are using visual art. People are using sculpting to tackle that. People are using. Uh, social media events come, come I mean, a lot of ways, right? That relate to the person. People are using write-ups, right? To advocating for that. So creativity okay. actually is the way forward to to solving bigger systemic problems. That's true. Um, I completely agree with you, and I think to chime in a little bit, I think that um, in in addition to creativity being the bridge, I think it should become the norm. I think that. <laughs> Um, we should cultivate creativity within ourselves. We should allow ourselves to express ourselves because, I mean, we're all individual and we have individual creative outlets as well. So in bringing that in to your um, field of study will really make that individual, I think, well-rounded, which is what you were talking about. Right. All right. Right. Okay. So... Um, we talked about the, um, the importance of creativity in STEM, but how do we begin to activate that creativity, that individual, that, that thing, you know, in each person? How do we begin to activate it? Do, we, do you think that we should start with, you know, primary school or here they call it preschool? Or do you think that we should wait for the brain to develop a little bit and then um, introduce that? 
or the last option, maybe you graduate, like, you know, us, we graduated university, but then now we've seen the world and we're like, you know what, let me go back to my drawing board and begin to pen down creative ideas of how to solve the problems that I'm working on. You know, actually, I, there was a quote I mentioned some time ago that says that, um, the singular reason to our unhappiness, right, is that we, we want unlimited things. We want a lot of things, and that's why we are unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this has to do with creativity also. You know, creativity actually has a, found, has, has, has a starting point, for example. Like, when I was way younger, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't an artist. I was just um, this person that now I was, I was a handy person. I could fix everything. I could could make aeroplanes, I could make little jets, I could make cars, I could um, fix light issues in the house, you know, so all those minor handy things. So it was in that process that I realized that um, I had a bit of creativity, but I didn't know I was going to go into the art world. Right? I didn't know, if, I, I mean, I didn't I could draw until 2014 that I started to teach myself how to draw, actually. So it was just process of doing a lot of innovate, innovative things, you know, I would say my own way, you know, that I realized that I had a touch of creativity. Right, so I do believe that everybody has that same feeling, right? But we are a singular impediment, we are a singular um, 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 obstruction to our creativity because creativity is flows, right? It's it flows, right? So, but if we stand as an as as um as an obstruction to the flow of that creativity, then it doesn't come out, right? So I would say the start of creativity has to be at the early stage of life, right? Yes. Because when one grows up to be a mature adult, right? You have a lot of things to think about, about responsibilities, mm -hmm. about resources, mm -hmm. about the family. Mm -hmm. And for you, that would be a priority. And you wouldn't have time, you know, to exude those creative processes, right? But, um, but of course, there is still always room for improvement. You know, there is no limitation to how well a person, because there are a lot of adults, right? Who, are, who did great at, the, at, at, a, at an, at an older age in their life, right? Because of they're able to discover uh, and their creative strength, we're able to push that forward. So typically, I would say that it's important that we begin to nurture um, the younger ones early enough, right? To showing up their creativity, right? And that and, and, and that has to do with encouraging them to show for that creativity. Because I realize most times when, when a child shows what his or her creativity in a particular area that is not satisfactory to us, right? We as adults, for example, right? We tend to disregard that. We tend to say, no, you're not gonna do that. So imagine I had parents who had parents who were not very supportive, for example, who let's say I wanted to be an artist, they were like, no, artists don't have money, right? Go be a doctor. So that's a way of limiting that creativity in children. So I, I would say that foundation is from a younger age, right? Let's let's build that foundation from a younger age so that when people grow up and when these younger people grow up to teenage to youthful age, they understand what they really want to do. And I would say that this has to do with um, also with discovery, for example. You know, I, I talk about discovery a lot, right? Helping younger people discover the things that they find passionate. You know, so that is also allowing them to show for that creativity, you know, and that's how they can grow up becoming unique in this world of competition. Because what competition is the world is so much of competition, right? And that creativity that make them stand out and become unique in this world. So I would say um, at a younger age, that's the foundation, 
But of course, um, being an adult, there's no limitation to your creativity, there's no limitation yeah, to the things you could do with your mind. You know, there's still much more to do. Oh my God, that's powerful. That's powerful. Um, I, that's powerful. I have no follow-up. I, <laughs> follow I think that you're absolutely right. I think that I believe um, that we should integrate creativity at a very young age because you'll be amazed what, um, how kids choose to express themselves. And I believe that that creates a better world, that creates a better system. Um, it obviously addresses equity and disparities as well. So that's very powerful. Um, I wanted to use this next segment of our talk to sort of open the conversation up a little bit. We have a lot of creative minds and um, intelligent minds that are always listening and a few of them have joined this call. So I wanted to open up the, um, the platform for any questions that anybody may have for me or for Chidebere um, Ibe. Good morning, guys. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, good morning. Yes, I wanted to say something about uh, creativity, right? I think that, uh, especially in America, I think creativity is not uh it's 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 taught wrong like it shouldn't be a separate class or a separate thought because um yes. think think of poetry what is poetry poetry is english right so i have to learn english to be able to write a poem to write a music to write anything so why we shouldn't have poetry classes we should be teaching that in english we should be teaching music in English. We should be teaching that stuff as a science, as a core science. So then if the kids want to take that and be creative with English, right, they can. But, 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 but if we take English and then teach that poetry is something different or, or, or music is something different and you have to have you have to have a special skill set to even learn that then it's mm. i think that stops creativity i think cre uh, creativity is found i don't think it's taught I, mm. I think i think we we trip into it right you know as, as an artist you find out oh wow i could draw like you were saying um you know you you discovered that Right. right. And I, I, you know, and I think schools should be helping in that discovery, not making it something separate, because now in America is something separate. So now they could cut that funding. Mm -hmm. They can say, you know what, we don't, you know, we, we don't need arts, which they have. They cut down arts, they cut down all the quote unquote creativity classes, you know, because of funding. Uh, I think it's. Yeah, they're, they're the first to go and they shouldn't yeah. been there in the first place. I think they should have been incorporated, incorporated. into yes. the core sciences, yeah. you know? I think I agree. I agree. Chido, but what do you think about that? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I would say that that's a good contribution. And just to focus on that, I think creativity has to be um, self-discovery, right? You, you discover yourself, right? You, you're, you're not being taught how to be creative, right? right. But you discover how to, but, but you can be nurtured, right? 
with your creativity, right? You can have mentors who nurture your creativity, but not in, in the sense of you know building creativity in you, right? So right. yeah, I agree on that. I agree. I agree. That's a good point. Any more questions? I have a question. So in this case where arts are being funded, um, are being defunded or creative outlets are being defunded, and in the case of um, different nations in Africa and throughout the world, um, I think those channels do not get as much funding as the rest of, of, of I wanna call it other segments of education. Um, how do we approach that? So now, are we going to go back and relearn or rewrite our syllables, our books and all of that? Or how do we approach that? Especially with the, with the fact that we're in a technology age. To me, I mean, typically I, I don't know much about arts being not being defunded. I like, I'm not in the state, right? I don't know much about right. that. You know, right. so, but I mean, I'm just gonna skip that. funding in general. I mean, when you want to go apply for grants, or let's say, um, for example, I mean, I know schools in, in different parts of the world, uh, they also follow the same um, curriculum that the states or European nations, um, you know, use. Um, but, but when you go to apply for funding, let's say to revamp the school or to provide more resources and all of that, when you're saying, hey, I want to provide resources for arts or creative outlets or visual arts or, you know, um, what is the other, other artists? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like different artistic um, segments of education you don't necessarily see funding going there. You see funding going to science, you see funding going to math, you see funding going to engineering, which is great, right? However, those are the outlets that help you visualize your, the problem or visualize the solution to the problem that you're trying to address in STEM. They don't really, like you talked about using a computer mouse, right? If you have, an iPad and a pen, and that was something that you got when you were in university. I'm sure you would have cut down the time it took to create a visual um, depiction of a solution to a problem, right? Yeah. So um, just to add a little, I think um, I think there 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 are a lot of um, there might not be visible, you know, um, funding to that regard, but I think there are a lot of people who are you know, pushing that forward, right? Okay. And that has to do with, that has to do with based on priority, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say a particular system places more priority on funding science projects rather than funding arts projects, right? So that's because the organizations has priority to that. And I strongly believe that there are other organizations who are actually putting so much funding in art works, right? Because they understand that. Recently I, I did a project with the United Nations, right, on about road safety. And the project was about was just artists, right? The role of artists in advocating for road safety, you know, among young people, right? Where we have seven artists, right? And the United Nations were doing so amazing in that regard. The World Organization was doing amazing in that regard, right? And I think um, total, 
compared to total energy, right? It was supportive of that. So I would say that, I mean, in as much as um, some system, right, may not be putting so much funding in art, in arts-oriented um, 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 segments, for example, right? Other systems, right, other organizations are also pushing their energy towards that. As the LS said, it's based on priority, right? It's, it, it's based on how you want, the approaches you want to see, approaches you want to use solving a problem. Some systems believe, or some organizations believe that, that the way to addressing some issues is by, by creating visuals, for example. You know, let's say for me as an artist, right, most organizations that reached out to me are saying, okay, I want to see how we can review our curricula how we can put more black images in our medical textbook now, right? And they're willing to fund and they're willing to put so much money, right, in in in, in, in addressing issues of lack of representation, right? Mm -hmm. But other system can also say, oh, we're going to put so much money in um, in developing right models, for example, building three D modeling for medical school mm -hmm. for black models, yeah. you know. So funding that going into that area, that's area of let's say innovation and science and all of that, right? But in terms of making visual, you know, so I would say it's also based on priority, based on what an organization wants to achieve and based on their own strategy to achieving that thing. So that's just my perspective on that. And I, and I agree with you. And I, I believe that we should also continue to highlight organizations that are making that a priority and just tell them kudos for making that a priority as well. So hopefully that would encourage other organizations to join in. Right. 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 Um, we are almost at the top um of our of the not at the top of the hour, but we're almost close to the end of our segment. So I wanted to take this opportunity to just discuss a little bit about what's next, right? You used to you talked about a book um we are you should be expecting creativity in medicine, a book coming up for you. Um, you're also talking about, you know, your involvement in making sure that things are being um, creatively expressed in solving, you know, maybe problems that United Nations wants to um, address. But in this book, what should the audience expect? How much passion and how much creativity will go into that book? And what are you trying to solve with that? All right. Um, so, I mean, that's just one of the books. Without giving too much. I know you don't want to give too much, but just a little bit so we know what to expect from you. Yeah, so typically that's just one of the books I'm creating, one of the books I'm writing, rather. And uh, in, in this book, right, um, generally these books are just measures to pass on information, measures to give our future, right, what to reference to, right? Because in years to come that are normal, my, my books would always be there. And the future generation would always read these and understand that these were the issues that we are fighting to address, right? So um, these books are, uh, are gonna be tailored towards um, why art should be included in medical school, right? Because I understand most times, um, uh, some, so, some schools actually, um, some medical schools actually teach art as a, as, a, as a foundation course, right? Some do not, right? But I believe that there is a greater difference when art is being taught as a prerequisite in medical school. Because one, it helps medical students open that creative mind in them, right? It helps medical students see medicine in a, in a creative perspective. So the book will be highlighting the reasons why this why creativity is good in medicine. You know, the book also will be highlighting, you know, people who have done amazing work also 
who are creative, and that's more to spur up interest, you know, in the re in the reader's mind. And also, this book is also going to be um, as a foundation to talk about the works that I do and why this work is important, mm -hmm. right? Wow. So um, that's more of a preamble um, around the book I'm writing, and and that's what it's going to be all about. Of course, there's still more that could be in, in, in that book, right? I'm still I'm still outlining them. I'm still writing them, and uh, as inspiration flows, I just keep writing on that. Yeah. Can't wait to read that. I think that book is going to be amazing, and I cannot wait to read it. I believe that um, a book like that, it's going to sort of trigger. Um, it's going to trigger a lot of thoughts, and it's going to help standardize things out where art, like you said should be a prerequisite um, for folks that are interested in being in, or, or in reading or studying medicine. And same also goes for science. I know um, in grad school, I don't think we learned arts, um, but that could be because it's graduate school and we're in the scientific field. But I believe that art should also be integrated in sciences and in tech and in engineering and in math, just like you said. All right. All right. Okay. Sorry, did I have any questions? Anybody have any questions? Okay, I thought I had a question. So, um, if there's no more questions, I would like to really thank you, Chidaberry, for being here. Um, I wish you good. Um, I wish you well and good fortune in all that you do. And I'm watching, um, and I hope that you'll be able to come back um, whenever we invite you next. So, thank you so much for being here. Really honored, and I really appreciate you. Sure, thank you for having me. It was an amazing conversation today. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. All right, this is the end of our talk. So thank you all, and have a great day. All right, thank you. Goodbye.